Good morning, FBG family. We are 28 days until Easter. It's hard to believe we're inside a month. And who would have ever thought uh, the next 28 days might be as crazy as what they feel like they're going to be. And I, I'm just grateful that you're joining with us today. It's a little bit different, obviously, because things are not the same right now in our community. And we're trying to do the best we can to accommodate to our circumstances and provide you an opportunity to engage in worship with your church family. So thank you for joining us. I'm excited that you've taken this time out of your morning. And I'm, I'm thrilled about what the Lord can do and will do as we gather together in this unique way across our community. So thank you for being here. And I, I pray and I hope that you will be encouraged today by a message from God's Word out of Colossians chapter 2. You know, there were year, some years ago, uh, Lindley and I lived out in West Texas, and it was one of those mornings, it was freezing cold, below freezing temperatures, and I walk out into the garage to open the garage door to check on my truck to see, you know, if I could warm it up a little bit early before I left for work. I didn't have a lot of time, so I went out there, checked it, raised the garage door, and looked and immediately saw on the windshield this thick, uh, just massive amount of ice on the windshield. And I was like, man, I don't have time for that to melt. And so I went back inside and I grabbed one of Lindley's large pots, kitchen pots. It was one of the new ones. And I grabbed it. I filled it with warm water. And I walked out into the garage and uh, I, was, I was carrying that pot out there. And, and as soon as I walked out of the garage onto the driveway, which was gradually sloping down, I hit the driveway. I did not realize that on the driveway was a sheet of ice as well. I hit that ice. I flew up into the air. The pot flies up into the air. I land on my back and next to me a big thud. That pot hits the ground. I'm just laying there. I cannot believe that happened. It happened so fast. Before I knew it, I was on the ground. I get myself up. I, I get back in the garage. I carry that pot inside and I, I have two things to tell Lindley when I walk inside. One is I'm so sorry that I put a massive dent in your brand new pot. And the second is be careful that you don't slip on the ice when you go out to your car. I, I encouraged her to be careful not to slip on the ice, but the implication in that warning was, I want you to be careful so that you get into your car safely. I was, I was less concerned about her slipping on the ice and more concerned about her getting safely into her car. And so, and so I wanted to encourage her by giving her a subtle warning, hey, be careful. And I chose to communicate that by saying, be careful not to slip on the ice. Now, I want you to think about that little story as I read to you Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Colossians 2, 8. It says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. There you hear it, the warning. Be careful that you're not taken captive... The Lord does not want us to slip and be taken captive by the things of the world. When the Colossians church would have heard this warning, they would have heard and understood, hey, Paul is warning us not to let the things around us in our community that are contrary to Christ take us captive and pull us away from Christ. When we think about the things in our life, the, the things around us, the things of the world, another verse comes to mind, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Tells us that the things of the world are the things that really are associated with the lust of the eyes, the desire of what we see, the lust of the flesh, and then the pride of one's own possessions, the things that we have. If you think about the things around us that often can tempt us, to threaten us, to be taken captive and moved away from Christ, there are things like money and possessions, greed, 
Things like status and power, arrogance. And independence says, I don't need the Lord. Sexual immorality, relationships that are broken. There are things in this world that threaten to take us captive. And the word of God is here saying, be careful not to be taken captive by the things of the world. And it's really good to realize at this point, we don't need to, to, quick, to quickly react to the warning and say, I'm okay. I, I don't have anything going on right now in my life that, that falls into those categories. You see, the things of the world are deceiving things, deceitful. These are things that can make you um, not realize you're being taken captive. And so I just want, to, want you to have a little diagnostic checkpoint. Just consider this question. Are, are you right now living your life in such a way that you can spend days on end not seeking the Lord, not reading your Bible, not spending time in prayer, not helping lead someone who's close to you, closer to Jesus. You kind of just float through life day after day after day with no real reference to Jesus Christ and you feel like things are okay. Like if you're there, you, you, you might already be slipping. You don't even realize it because you've not hit the ground. You, you might already be ta- being taken captive by the things of the world. And so I want you to just have that diagnostic checkpoint and just say, hey, here's a warning from the Lord. If the Lord's giving a warning, he's giving a warning because he cares. And, and I want to I take time to just consider, Lord, am I being taken captive in any way, shape, or form by the things of the world? Or am I being taken captive by you? See, that, that's the real emphasis of this passage. It's not so much that the Lord warns us to not be taken captive by the things of the world, but the Lord is warning us to be taken captive by Jesus Christ. He wants us to get safely to the car more than anything else. He, he, he wants us to be taken captive by Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should want to be taken captive by Jesus. This is what we should want day after day, to be taken captive by Christ again and again. This is a warning for the church, those that have already placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And the Lord wants them to be taken captive again and again by Jesus Christ. Why? Why should we want to be taken captive by Jesus again and again? This passage informs us why in the most beautiful of ways. Look at verses 9 and 10. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In Christ dwells the fullness of God. And in you, through your faith in Christ, dwells Christ. And the way this is written, this word says to us, we have already been filled by Christ. Why do we want to be taken captive by Christ? Because when we placed our faith in Christ, Christ filled us. No matter how long ago it was, when I decided to follow Christ, Christ filled me and I am filled by Christ and in Christ is the fullness of God. The infinite fullness of God is in Christ and Christ is in me. He fills me through my faith in him. He fills you. So what that means is that every single day Jesus Christ is waiting for me to seek after him 
so that he might reveal something of who he is on that day so that I might be taken captive afresh by him. Why should I want to be taken captive by Christ? Because all the fullness of God is in Christ and Christ is in me. And every day I seek him, I have the opportunity to experience something new about who God is. Something that captures my heart. The fullness of God is infinite. The fullness of God is inexhaustible. I cannot plumb the depths of who God is. Why should I want to be taken captive by Christ? Because knowing God through faith in Christ never gets old. It's always a new adventure. And Christ is waiting to reveal today who God is so that our hearts might be captured by him afresh. Why should I want to be taken captive by Christ? Look, look at verse 11 and 12. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with human hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Why should I want to be taken captive by Christ? Because Jesus Christ is the reason that my heart has been changed. These words about circumcision here in Colossians are a description of something that happens with your heart. This is a circumcision of the heart. This is describing how Jesus Christ comes and changes who we are on the inside. He takes that flesh that was against God and he overcomes that flesh that was against God and changes who our heart is and puts his spirit in us. So that now that flesh that was opposed to God that used to control us is no longer in control. That power that moved us to be in rebellion against God is no longer the power that is controlling us. We have been given the spirit of God. And now we can experience the benefit of the working of God's power displayed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have you ever watched a basketball game with little kids? Little kids playing a game and they get in a little skirmish on one end of the court trying to get the, a loose ball. And one of the kids comes up with the loose ball and, and begins to dribble down to the other end of the court. The people in the stands are screaming and, and, and hollering and the kid is just getting excited and excited as they've got this fast break opportunity to go score a basket for his or her team. And they get down there and they, and they shoot a layup and they score the basket and they turn around expecting to get all these congratulations and cheers from their, their teammates and hear the stands on their side erupting only to discover that they've actually scored a basket for the other team. It's a terrible moment of discovery for that individual player. And if you're his or her parent, you've you got some work to do to help them readjust to what it means to play basketball. It's a terrible moment. Nobody likes to score for the other team. When you think about a circumcision of the heart, a change of the heart, it's like Jesus Christ has given us a brand new jersey. He, he's, he's taken off that flesh, that selfish bent against the Lord, and he's put on his spirit. So that now in the spirit of Christ, we are part of his team. And the Lord wants to help us every single day to live under the leadership of his spirit. So that we never, ever have to feel what it feels like to score for the other team. He wants us to feel his grace and his mercy. 
He wants us to benefit from the working of God's power leading us into righteousness. Why do you want to be taken captive by Jesus Christ again and again? Because Jesus Christ never wants you to score for the other team again. Look look at verses 13 through 15. Verses 13 through 15. And when you were dead in trespasses in your uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased their certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Why do you want to be taken captive by Jesus Christ? Why do you want to be careful to be taken captive by Jesus Christ? Because God made us alive from the dead through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has brought us out of death into life. We need to be taken captive by Jesus Christ again and again because nobody has made us alive like Jesus Christ. Have you ever had an IOU, a certificate of debt? Have you ever paid off some large debt like a house or a car? It is an amazing moment when you sit down and and you sign all the papers and and the debt is released. It's paid in full and now what you've been paying for belongs to you. When you have that kind of moment, it's incredible. And the picture here created in Colossians is a picture of a certificate of debt that each one of us have because of our sins because of breaking the decrees and commands of God, because each one of us are guilty of sin before the Lord, we have a certificate of debt that we cannot pay back. Our sins have created a debt that we cannot pay. There is no way we can overcome the debt against us. And so that charge against us that's connected to each of our sins is a certificate of debt that stands opposed to us, condemning us because we are unable to pay. But Jesus Christ, He came and he gave his life on the cross so that he might pay our debt. When Jesus Christ went to the cross and they hung him on that cross beam, they also hung a sign above him that was the charge against him. Matthew chapter 27 tells us about that sign. It says that the sign says the king of the Jews, the charge against Jesus for which he died was the king of the Jews. He's guilty of that charge. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But in his guilt of that charge, he was innocent of all sin. And that's why Jesus Christ alone could pay our debt. He was the king of kings, the Lord of lords, innocent of all sin. And he died on that cross to pay the penalty of all our sin. He paid the price by dying on the cross. And he took that certificate of debt against each one of us. And through our faith in him, he wrote on that certificate, paid in full. And he took that certificate and he nailed it to the cross right under the charge against him, the king of the Jews. And now that certificate with the words paid in full stands as public notice. We have been forgiven. And the exclamation point on that public notice is an empty cross. Jesus Christ is not on that cross. He is risen from the dead. He has nailed the certificate of death against us to that cross. And we are forgiven. Why do you want to be taken captive by Christ? Because he has paid your debt. 
This scripture also describes this parade of a general coming into his hometown after incredible victory, having captives behind him, giving evidence of his victory. And the way this is described about Jesus Christ is there are powers and rulers that held us captive because of our sin. We are held captive to the fear of death. We are held captive to the power of sin. But Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, rising again from the dead, broke that power over us so that now he comes out of that grave triumphant and behind him are no longer captives, but behind him are those who were formerly captive to death and sin and now set free by him. He is leading a parade of triumph that leads to the public disgrace of the powers that once held us and now we are free. Why do you want to be taken captive by Jesus Christ again and again? Because Jesus Christ set you free. There is nothing and no one that changes your life like Jesus Christ when you are taken captive by Him again and again and again. So be careful. To not be taken captive by the world, be careful to be taken captive by Jesus Christ. When you're walking through the world and you live in the world, there's a lot of threats to being taken captive by the world. No question about it. And certainly this this passage is a warning to make sure we're not taken captive by the world. When, when When you're walking out onto that driveway of life and you're carrying that big pot of warm water to bust up the ice, you can't always see where your feet are going. And sometimes it helps to have somebody alongside you that can kind of see your next step and kind of help you realize you're getting close to stepping on some ice. As much as we want to be careful about not being taken captive by the world, there's there's deceitfulness about the world that means we need help. One of the greatest things we can do in helping us not be taken captive by the world is to have somebody alongside us who has a vantage point on our life they can see enough of our life and what we do and how we do it. They can, they can be there to support us when we're in difficulty. They can be there to encourage us when we're facing challenges. They can be there to warn us, to rebuke us when we're headed into difficulty. Maybe we're about to slip on some ice. And so though we're not meeting today corporately, one of the greatest things the church provides each one of us is an opportunity to be in a relationship with someone who can walk alongside us and help us follow Christ, to avoid the temptation of being taken captive by the world. And so I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to make sure that in the next 28 days, you, you meet with a few people. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your small group, maybe it's somebody out of your small group. And you meet with them and you just ask them this question. Do you see anything in my life, anything at all that remotely looks like I am about to step onto some ice that I'm about to be taken captive or, or that I've been taken captive by anything in the world. Is there anything in my life that looks like I'm being taken captive by the world? Would you look into my life and help me see better? I want to encourage you to ask somebody in the next 28 days that question so that somebody alongside you in the church can be a great gift to you because people in the church care about you. People alongside you, close to you, that know Jesus Christ, they care about you and they want you to be safely finding your way into Jesus Christ again and again. Again, as much as this passage encourages you to be careful not to be taken captive by the things of the world, the passage is implying more so 
that you be taken captive by Jesus Christ. So I want to leave you with two words. I just want these words to weigh heavy on your hearts this morning. The first word is urgency. Urgency. Now, I, I hate illness. I hate sickness. And, and when things like we're going through right now happen, it just makes me hate the brokenness of the world that fleshes itself out in illness even more. But I'm going through a personal circumstance where my dad has cancer right now. And, and I just want to tell you, I hate cancer. I hate it. And I hate everything about it. But I will say there's something I've discovered in recent days that comes along with cancer sometimes that is a gift. Just a small gift as you walk through that challenge. And it's, it's that gift of knowing that you're headed towards death. And, and, and sometimes you're given a little window of time to have conversations that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily have if you didn't know death was inevitable. My dad and I have been able to have some really incredible conversations over the last couple weeks. And I'm really thankful for those conversations. One of the things that he's taken time to talk to me and my sister about are some of his regrets. As he looks back in his life over all the years of, of how he's lived his 78 years, he's communicated to us specific regrets related to his life in many areas, particularly his, his role as my dad. It was really surreal listening to him talk about his regrets and ask forgiveness and tell me how much he loves me. And I'll never forget those conversations. It was a sweet time of peace and love and encouragement. I'm grateful for them. But it's left my heart heavy. It's left my heart heavy because I, I want to make sure that I minimize regrets in my life. I listen to all those conversations and I'm like, I want to have fewer regrets in my life. And I realized through my conversation with my dad, there is really one way to minimize regrets it's to make sure you have the least amount of regrets related to seeking Jesus Christ to, to, to make sure you have the least amount of regrets in the area being taken captive by Jesus so I just want you to wake up every day and I want you to wake up with a sense of urgency Lord today I want to be urgent to be taken captive by you, to walk down that trail of all, to see you, behold you, and be staggered by who you are and to surrender my life again to you. I want to be urgent this morning to be taken captive by you because here's the deal. I want to get to the end of every day and have less and less regret related to not seeking the Lord and more and more thankfulness that every day I was urgent to seek after him. He's waiting to reveal himself to us. He made us alive from the dead. Nobody is like Jesus Christ. Urgency. The second word is relentlessness. Relentlessness. Have you ever played Capture the Flag? I remember as a kid playing Capture the Flag with a bunch of my friends on the side of a mountain. It was the most incredible experience. And I remember how you had to be relentless in making sure nobody's going to get your flag. Nobody's going to tag you and take you captive. When you're threatened to be taken captive, there's a relentlessness about it. You're always on the lookout. And I want you to be encouraged to be relentless in how you see your life every day in terms of being taken captive by Jesus Christ. And when you think of being relentless, don't think about relentlessness in the sense of being on guard against the enemy. Yes, that's important, but the emphasis here is being relentless in making sure you see Jesus Christ every day. If, if you will be taken captive by Him every day, you don't have to worry as much about the enemy. If you'll be taken captive by him again and again and again, it'll change your life forever. 
One of the other conversations I had with my dad was about a 10-year period in his life when he didn't really walk with the Lord. Thankfully, for the last 20 or so years, he's been walking with the Lord, and I'm grateful for that, but I'll never forget his description of those 10 years. He said, I didn't walk with the Lord, and I so wish I had continued to walk with the Lord in those years. I want to encourage you, don't let a gap of time exist where you're not taken captive by Jesus Christ. Don't miss out. Live for less regrets. And if you've got that gap right now happening in your life where you've not experienced Jesus Christ in a long time, then just realize He has nailed the certificate against you to the cross. He has brought you out of death into life. He has already filled you and He is ready to take you captive again. Turn your heart to Jesus. Be taken captive by Him again and again and again. Your life will never be the same. And that's the exact kind of life that our community needs to see from us right now. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you'll take time even in this moment to seek the Lord, to be taken captive by Him, to find peace through Jesus Christ.